A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Late last March, I got an email from a young woman. The subject line read information. And in the email, she told me that she had dated a man who was on a list of the most influential Canadians, who was a prominent figure, uh, was associated with the media, and who violently abused her. She said that this man wears one face in the public and has a very different face in private. And she said that she wasn't the only one. She mentioned her name, uh, but she didn't mention his. But I knew exactly who she was talking about. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month 
at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. I'm here talking with Roberto Very. Roberto, uh, when did you work at Q? Um, uh, 2009 to... 2010. So, so yeah, but September 2009 to, to, to September 2010. Okay. So. Uh, you still with the CBC? No. What are you doing now? I'm recovering depressive and uh, recluse. Okay. So I, I, edit, I edit people's uh, pitches uh, for television programs or for movies, those sorts of stuff, and I, and I sell comedy content to other people. So I stay in the house pretty much. What did you do for Q? I was a chase producer. Yeah. Yeah. So I lined up stories, and that was that was like one year into the show, right? So that's when we had to go after really trying to get celebrities like yeah, Gordon Ramsay and Jamie Oliver and and all those guys, Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah, I mean the the booking on that show is just incredible. Yeah, um, they have a small army of people doing it, so it's it's yeah, it's that's what it needs to to get a show like that. Did you know about Gian? Well, <clears throat> Gian got me the job. Because before I worked there, I was on a television digital channel um, for CTV, and he'd come in as guest host. He was just nice as pie. Yeah. Because he was coming in and leaving, and he was trying to make the transition to TV. Yeah. Um, when I started working there, and it was nice of him. He got me the job. He recommended the, to the producers, uh, gave my name, and that, that sent me on the way. Um, but it was an executive producer at Q herself that told me the story about uh, – a young Canadian writer, she was younger than him or whatever, that uh, he went out on a date or something and he tried to autoerotically asphyxiate her. The executive producer of Q. One of them, yeah, told me that story. And um, that, that, that story is not unknown. If I went to much music... You know, God rest, if it was still alive. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that story was known there because uh, people would make the symbol if if, uh, if Gian was around and they didn't want uh, him to know or you didn't want him to know that you were talking about him. We would cross our thumbs and, 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 and sort of uh, bend our fingers like we were strangling somebody. You make a choking yeah, make gesture. Yeah, make a choking gesture. Yeah. And that was like the kabuki Gian. signal for yeah. Gian. Gian, yeah. What Stick was, our tongues out, too. So it sounds like almost comical. Was it like a joke? Well, because we, we didn't – it was a rumor. Yeah. Right? But it was also – because he has this predilection for dating, you know, women he could have fathered and, like, young women and, and such, and that was out there. You know, we just kind of thought that, you know, it's kind of smarmy. Uh-huh. Like, I wouldn't – if I had a daughter, I, I would – 
I would mortgage my house to pay, you know, like for a month in Italy. And, you know, please don't go out with that guy. Yeah. yeah. Was the rumor that he was doing this stuff without consent or was the rumor that he was just into weird? None of that, that he was just in a weird, like he, he had, he had a, a, a weird sexual picadellos, you know? What's strange to me is that knowing as well that that rumor uh, and that other rumors about him are going around, that the executive producer of the show would share that rumor with a with a new hire. Like, was there some element of her warning you about him? No, no. I was just, we got along very well. Yeah. And, uh, well, you get to know everybody there because uh, y- y- you, uh, you have creative people coming in to create content. And you get to know their habits and their sense of humor and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, quietly this is sort of bandied about. And we just sort of went, oh, yuck, you know. Because you're talking about, for all you know at this point, uh, the the private behavior of consenting adults. So it's it's right. the subject for kind of fun That's gossip. Right. It happened out of the office, but but also like it it only seems like really sinister in hindsight. Yeah, like now it seems like you know, holy Jesus, like you know. But back then it was just like ooh, like what a what a pig. So what about what actually happened in the office and his behavior in the office? Well, this is the reason I'm speaking to you is because. Um, I, I witnessed an incident that that uh, one of the uh, one of the people, uh, the employees, made. One uh, of the sources in the coverage. In the coverage of that, uh, the cup, uh, the yeah. buttocks. Yeah. Okay. One but, of the sources in my story with with, with Kevin Don. That's right. Yeah. At the start. I recog- I, I went. This sounds familiar. And yeah. Then I went. I know who this is. Yeah. I didn't know how the person reacted at the time because these things happen so quickly, and you're in the media. The media like. You know, like I've I've cried in every bathroom of the CBC, lock the door and, cry, you know, because it's a frustrating, you know, I know you can, you know that because you're in the industry too, right? Yeah. That you, you soldier well, I worked, on, I like you, they take yeah. the, they take I the know. bullet out and you go back and you, you soldier on, you know, like you, you just keep going. So, um, I, I didn't know if, you know, if, if she was comfortable with that, whatever, but I didn't do anything. Well, you know, let's back up, let's sure. back up and we should say what he did. Well, before we do that, we should say that she knows that you're here, and yeah. she, she put you and the I. reason I'm she here, she put you and I in touch, and she wants you to talk to me today. The reason I'm here is because I, I Facebook messengered her to tell her that I was sorry that I didn't do anything that I saw it. Yeah. First of all, because I turned my head away when he went up behind her, she was leaning over her desk between the corridor of the uh, of the executive producer's office. And her desk. Yeah. So contrary, she was leaned over contrary to where she sat. Yeah. Okay. And she's bending over, working on some papers, and he came up behind her, grabbed her by the waist, and humped her, like four or five times. Like he he drove his uh, he he drove his uh, pelvis in, into her buttocks. Yeah. Okay. So and a big smile on his face, and um, like so I looked over at that, and I just sort of put my head down again, and I didn't know what the nature of the relationship was, or if she was okay or whatever, but. You know, in any case, if, when stuff like that does happen, you, you soldier on. You don't, you know, you just sort of, ooh, uh, you know. And I think he might have even looked over at me when I turned my head. Like, so, right. I was there, right? Like, right. I wasn't, you know, it felt like uh, like like an episode of HBO's Rome where they do anything in front of the slaves. Right. Like, I was like, gee, like, gosh. But I witnessed that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I want to substantiate, like... I, I was apologizing to her to say, I'm sorry, I didn't do anything. And then she said, would you back me up? You know, like, if you back me up, 
Because uh, what is it? The Canadian Media Guild is the union saying that they have no record of her complaining about this, and I have evidence to the contrary. Okay, well, I'll back. I witnessed it. Yeah, this is this is the only reason I'm waiting into this manner is because uh, I really I love that person, and uh, I was sorry that I, you know, I didn't ask about it afterwards. Yeah. I ignored it. So, well, I, we should even be clear. Uh, that's a separate incident than the one that I wrote about where, where uh, she was cupped. She's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I forgot about that one. She told me that uh, – she goes, do, do you know how many times he did stuff like that to me? And then I just went back into my chair. So that's, that's why, you know, yeah, I yeah. just went, okay, well, now I got I to gotta stick my neck out. Yeah. You know, because the, the, the culture of that place, like HR – if I had done that to her, I think HR would, would do a good job at dealing with me. Yeah. Now, if it's a superstar, if it's somebody they they branded the the whole fucking network around, like you can't touch a fucking app or you, you can't open a web page without seeing him. You know, they installed him as the Shah. Yeah. You know, um, th- then if I go and make a complaint, it's not the same thing. And everybody that works there knows that. Like if something like that happens, HR is going to come to you and they're going to they're going to look at your record. They're going to look at your employment record for spots and say, like, what you know? Can you go through this in in detail? What what happened with this? And because I just want to understand, like, yeah. you know, how you understand how this place works, and uh, and then and then perhaps over the the course of a couple of weeks, um, they're they're going to just sharply note, you know, they're going to critique your use of language, or that, that you're late a couple of times, you know, to make it clear that. You know, we appreciate discretion in the company, and where do you see yourself in five years? And, uh-huh. You know, like perhaps we can we can negotiate. You, you know, like and this, you we, be we, in what we, you're doing. We should be clear. This was what you imagined would happen. Yeah, if you right. come forward. Yeah, that's why I didn't. That's why. That's why she perhaps she didn't. There'd be no point. Well, because look, nobody's going to follow up action on him. He's too big. Like he's, he, they're going to protect their asset, right? I, I could kind of, uh, you know, in this interview, come at you in two different ways. And I could say to you, you witnessed this guy come up and dehumanize your colleague and friend. It's disrespected, yeah, absolutely. And, that's and, why I and felt— there's, And, and it, w- I, I can't imagine there's any question in your mind that that's okay or that there isn't some rule against that. And I could ask you why you wouldn't at least tell somebody. But I you know, I know why you didn't. And she, and she laughed it off and kind of, you know, like— because look, look, like you get humiliated in many different ways working in media. Yeah. And then, to be fair, not at the CBC. I've, I've, you know, like I've done my sh- turn at the networks, and uh, there, are, there are incidences where, you know, people get passionate because you do have artists or whatever. You, you do have deadlines. You do have the stress, and you know, like it happens. You know. Yeah. And, uh, but it's you know I have a spiritual dimension to my life, and when I read when I read what you wrote. I felt, I felt that I owed her an apology, and it just so happened that she said, "Oh my God, well, can you, you know, can you back me up on this?" So that's why I did it. Otherwise, I would have. The day before, I made a couple of jokes on Facebook initially because I thought they were pretty cool. I took them down because as all those women came forward, I went, "This is a national tragedy," and the only thing that I hope justice comes from this because that's all. Because there's no happy end to this, and no. Yeah, it's, it's awful. awful. It's awful. It's fucking terrible. I'm not in a position to accuse you of that because I was also told by a woman at the CBC of similar incidents. And uh, and I you know, I told her to keep a record of it. I told her she might want to think about making a complaint. Uh, but I didn't go tell anybody. Yeah. Or, and I didn't just say to him, hey, 
I know what you're up to. Everyone knows what you're yeah. up to. Yeah. Stop doing it. Right. We but, didn't do that. But this happen in, this stuff happens in institutions, right? Like it, it probably happens in Ottawa, in the government. It probably happens in Queens Park. It's just that they it, have it, not. It been, does. It does. They have not been forced into transparency, like say a, a, a faith community. Or uh, so a religious, like the Roman Catholic Church. If the Roman Catholic Church has got safeguards up now and they have the transparency, they've had to come clean about it. If you go visit a priest, the door stays open. There's another person in. They're checked out by the protocol. As a result, as a result of, of, uh, well. uh, Of decades, if not centuries, of silence, of institutionalized silence where everybody understood what you understood, which is you don't talk about this because it'll come down on you. You shut up, you sweep it under the rug. That's what people did with these things 50, 60, 70 years ago. Well, they got called on it. They can't do it. And and I feel like they're atoning for their sins. Yeah. Okay. That they they want to be forgiven and that, that what they did was wrong. And this is how they atone. No such thing exists in media, you know, like, um, just a short one. Could you have time to tape? You can uh, yeah, we're, it. Okay. we're talking. So, uh, yeah. In 1991, there was a performer on children's programming. Uh, he, this guy hosted the Polka Dot Door. He was on the Uncle Bobby show, and he was he did Mr. Dress Up. And he had a school for children, um, which which he ran for 20-some-odd years. It turns out that he was he was a pedophile. In 1991, he was he was convicted. None of the networks broadcasted, reported on the story. Uh, and, and the scoop was the the reason behind it was because people that worked at the networks and, and networks themselves were recommending to parents that their children go to his school. Uh huh. Do you understand? Yeah. So they they might have been complete, and they didn't do anything this about safeguarding then or whatever. Uh-huh. They they just didn't report. There was a small article in the Sun. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but uh, the CBC, CTV, Global, none none of them reported on the story. So they, they swept it under the rug. So you have the CBC that's you know constantly. Called the Catholic Church into account for for uh, sex crimes. Yeah, uh, Muslims for t- terrorism. Yeah. Hindus for honor killing. Yeah, but there's nothing in there. There's there's nobody that can call them out on on, on any on any untoward uh, sexual assaults or or harassments within within their own uh, if with their own establishment. If you listen to the CBC. You will hear story after story about gender politics, about harassment and abuse yeah. of women. And, yeah. and, and meanwhile, it was happening at yeah. the CBC. The HR department, as I said, maybe with me, and, and like if, if, if we were peer colleagues, then maybe there'd be, it's like, oh, well, this is Roberto and this is, if we were at an equal level, yeah. is what I'm saying. Um, it maybe it would be effective where they would fire me immediately, walk me out of the building. And that way it won't work. I think like HR, really, if, if, it, if you really wanted to put a stop to it, yeah, they maybe they would should consider something like uh, contracting it out to a private company and taking it out of the building completely. Right. Maybe put it in an adjacent building with a an entrance through the underground parking, so that people could go in discreetly and do this. And you know, you're not going to have the people, yeah. you know, considering. Oh my God, my star and our our budget and our yeah, you know, my job, my job is at risk because I was the prick's exec. You know, yeah. I mean, let me uh, – th- we should talk about this because Gian Gameshi has said in his statement that uh, he, he – he, CBC told him when this was all coming down, he had a clean HR record, right? Yeah. And that's part of his, his statement of claim against him is they fired him, but he has a clean HR record. Now, there's two yeah. explanations for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the first is uh, that, 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 you know, uh, assuming that he's telling the truth – 
which I think he is. I, I, I think that would come out in a second. CBC would come out and, and contradict him right away. So I think he has a clean HR record. Yeah. And that could be accomplished either because nobody made a formal complaint against him or when people tried to, they were discouraged from doing so. Those are the two explanations for that. Yeah. And we don't know the answer yet, but we, we know a bit because we do know that that, that one woman uh, in, in my star story did make a complaint. And, and, and like I say, I have evidence from her union representative that he took it to a CBC manager and the executive producer of, of, of Q. Wow. So, and, and that's something that we need to talk about here because there's tremendous pressure on that staff who are wrecked right now, who are devastated, and who worked for him, aside from all this other kinds right. of abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, this was, and you can speak to this, n- not an easy place to work. Yes, it's true, because that, that's that's one of the reasons I didn't renew my contract. I felt the show was boring, and I lost interest in it, and they said, well, you know, we're not going to renew it. And right. you're constantly rallying, ra- you know, like, oh, you hate Canadian stories, and you're always trying to get people from England on the air, and I'm like, yeah, it's true. I don't, I hate, you know, turning on this Canadian radio and pandering, you know, vapid nationalism and yeah. that kind of stuff. So, and they fired me. Okay, so I'm a BBC Radio 6 music guy now. I haven't listened to the CBC in years. Right. Just the signal and, and wiretapped. Yeah, wiretapped's only, good. Yeah. Brilliant. And the signal. The Laurie Brown's absolutely beautiful. So just just that's that's disclosure. That There is a tiny bit of sour grapes because it hurts when your contract's not renewed, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not doing it for that. And that guy, Gian gave me the opportunity to go work there. So, so it, it's just about the um, people have to know that they, they knew kind of what he was like, the reputation well, that he had. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't, I don't want it swept under the rug by management saying we take these things very seriously. And Let, let's be specific here because this is, this is important. What did the CBC know and when, and, and we can talk about what was known within and, Q. And when did they stop knowing it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So that's okay. I mean, you're in a position to speak directly about the culture of Q. So let's start there, okay? Okay. Um, you, you, you saw this happen. You knew about the choking gesture. You were told about it by the executive producer. It's a joke and an aside. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Um, what was it like uh, with him and women around the show? Like, w- w- was there anything to report? Was that the sole incident you saw? Or were there yeah. Other, yeah. That's the sole incident yeah. that I saw. There were remarks and stuff like about, uh, like, you know, oh, you know, Debbie Harry, wouldn't you, like, when you were a kid, didn't you just want to, you know, give her one? Or, I'm like, well, I was more of a Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. You know, like that kind of, there was just like camaraderie. Things. Guys by themselves at the barber shop, you know, like. That, everyday sexist. Sort of uh, thing. Well, yeah. well, no, like you, you go to a place and you shed your snake skin. Yeah. With, with the other male reptiles. Yeah. And you come out and be a human being. But not to the extent, not, like not a dual nature, like if anything speaks to perhaps the dual nature of this individual, it's that, you know, this guy went to York, took women's studies and then. He took women's studies and he was sort of uh, a very frequent, uh, you know, sensitive commenter. Progressive and. Progressive yeah. on the air ab- about these issues. Sure. It, it, so it sounds like, you know, to what degree did people accommodate him on the show around things like. Well, Let's yeah. let's be clear. He he is a very hard worker. He's intelligent and and very very professional. Uh, he's also very moody, but that's not uncommon. Sure. among talent. That's, Big a, type that's actually a, yeah. it, it, you type it. It's high strung. Yeah, you know this is an artist. Whatever. So that's that's usually. Like I wouldn't have wanted to have recorded an album with them. I wouldn't have wanted to have been behind the board. Yeah. Because you probably you know you want to quit, throw a mic at him, throw a tape at him, or something. If you felt that you let him down, that you you fucked up something, 
and uh, while he's on while he's on air or while he's about to go on air and he's got five balls in the air, um, he you know he'd let you know about it. He could be very dour and curt and and what have yeah. you. Or he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk to you if he didn't like. He would never say, "Hey, listen, like uh, you, you cut the uh, breaths out of when you edited that piece. Uh, you you cut the breaths out of it, so you can you can totally tell it was cut up and yeah. You know that he get very stuff. micro. He would he would he absolutely he'd, he'd criticize your edit oh, because it all came down to him. Yeah, he told uh, Paul Malcolm, who worked there at the time. Uh, Paul said that to someone complimented uh, like the interview. And Paul said that he wrote the question. He goes, oh, I wrote the questions for, for that and whatever. And then he called them back and said, when you give me that paper, that's mine. John said this. Yeah. That belongs to me. Like, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. He's a narcissist. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a narcissistic guy. He's, it's, um, he didn't want people to know that there were producers writing the as questions. As if they didn't know. Yeah. You know, but, like, I, I didn't want, uh, you know, I, I loved Chef Gordon Ramsay. Like, that, that guy's my idol. If I had a choice between Mick Jagger and Chef Gordon Ramsay, I'd rather interview Chef Gordon. I'd rather hang out with him. Because, because Mick, I know about musically, and I, I don't want to leave him alone and respect him. But if the chef w- had something to say to me, yeah. I wanted, like, if you wanted to come over, I'd make him dinner. Okay. That, no inhibitions, because I love the guy. Yeah. He's like a teacher, and, he, you know, it was like there's, there's a price uh, to pay for this level of expertise. If you want to play in the Champions League, you got to be, if you want to flip burgers and toss salads, then, you know, I could be the nicest guy in the world. So I really dug that. So he came in and got this great interview, and I just kind of, got him a cup of tea and got my book signed. Yeah. You know, but I wanted to say, like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like, I, you know, I worked on this and, you know, I did it because I, I knew you were doing the junket all day and you were being asked the same fucking questions. And, you know, I made Gian come back to tape the show because uh, a guest host that was in was, she just sounded like a clam on air, you know. Like, yeah. Boring as fucking person. But you took Please pride in your work this, because yeah. you cared about the yeah, subject. Yeah, because okay, I yeah. thought I thought that would be the one interview in Canada. Yeah. Where where he came and he did he came away saying thank you for uh, you know a brilliant and taxing interview, you know and why taxing? He goes, oh you know because I had to go around and you, you know like you used to play soccer. Oh fuck off! And I had to go on City Line with Shrek in a dress and that, that kind of stuff. You, you so got him off message there. track. He I mean, that, that's there. what you want when you have an interview with somebody. Yeah. Done a lot of interviews. Get I want something new. I want something, about something new. No, it's you know? real. Yeah. He came in. I gave him. I got to bring him a cup of tea. So I actually prepared something he ingested. Right. And he said it was wonderful. Then he went BBC, and I went CBC. He goes no, no, uh, caliber style format. Uh, BBC. Yeah. Uh huh. So he came in, and it's like pro. Right. So, yeah. And that was it. And I like that. But then I couldn't say like, well, I prepared this for you, chef. I prepared the interview for. Like it. you knew you no, couldn't, I couldn't tell do him. that. No, because you, you had to be the guy bringing tea. It would piss off. Right? You piss off the host and it's not worth pissing yeah. off the host. Yeah. Get him to sign your book and shut up and, you, you know, like, yeah. he's a moody, moody guy. But, you know, it's understandable in that context. Yeah, and I think under that, I mean, everyone knows that's a Everybody cr- puts It's a high-pressure job. It's a crazy job. And yeah, so, open a flower shop if you don't want to deal with that type of personality. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the dynamic on a lot of uh, radio shows. It's the dynamic in anything broadcasting or talent-oriented. Yeah. Protect the talent. Yeah. The talent needs to stay in their space. They've got to, they, they got to get on the mic and be, and be themselves. Protect yeah. them. Get them their coffee. Take the brown M&Ms out, whatever. Yeah. But what else happens under that, under that bubble of protection? Gian is like, uh, he takes things, criticism, very personally. So if, if he's in an auditorium and there's 50,000 people you know, I, you know, I'm for Q or whatever, and they're they're loving him and they applaud. If 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 he goes backstage and someone from a hallway yells out "You suck," 
it, it tears apart his insides like like a pack of jackals. So if 50,000 people give him a standing ovation and one person says you suck, it would destroy him. So the question is, what's he going through right now? I can't imagine. You know, I, I can't imagine like, that kind of stuff. I can't imagine what his mother's going through. You know, like he just lost his father and everything and then all this happened. So yeah. he's... I, I, Try to put yourself there, right? Like it's uh, look, man. I, I have. It's and, almost and, like thinking of nothingness. If one person gets under his skin that much, then yeah. From what I know about him, and I, I feel guilty in in all these different ways. Like I, I, I can kind of feel this guilt for what he's going through, and I, I am terrified of what he might do uh, to himself, and and then I feel guilty for feeling guilty about him. Well, see, that's why this is a tragedy, yeah. all around. Now, the the only good outcome of this is is justice for victims. That's it. That's that's the best. That it gets maybe an inquiry, a public inquiry. Yeah. At the you know independent of the CBC to say no, no, you're running things wrong, and this is how the culture's got to change, and got to take HR out of this building and make it independent and contracted because you failed, and yeah, and you will fail again if if this type of incident happens. You've given a good idea of what happens at Q, uh, and what the culture was like for you there. I I, uh, I and I don't know, know that you're in a position to comment on this, but uh, this is the big question: is uh, you have any reason to know that management knew? Listen, you you can't work in a building like that. If there are rumors, yeah. nobody didn't know. Yeah. Everybody knew. The, the you know, like the up to the top office. Nobody could not have known that he didn't have okay, okay, a okay. army reputation. But that is just sort of a, a common sense, reasonable uh, conclusion that you're right. drawing to. I'm asking you if, if you uh, – and, and I know your exposure as a chase producer to management would be limited. Yes. I know and have a document from a union rep saying that I complained uh, – I took your complaint to management, to, to, to the woman in my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but you don't know. You never had a no, conversation no. with the manager. No. Okay. No, no, I don't know any of that. Well, that's I'm, what we're I'm here. I'm here to back up. I'm, I'm here to back up uh, that, that story. the claim of, of my uh, of, a, of, a, of a friend and a colleague. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you did. And, uh, Thank you. So am I. Yeah, you know, we didn't at the time, with, with our respective exposure to this, do it at the time. And beyond what that would have meant for that person in each case, you know, uh, I have to live with the fact that maybe there was an opportunity to stop it from happening to other people. That I, uh, you know, I could have done something. Um, you, you have, you know, like it's, it's, it took you, some time. It took, yeah. it took a long time. And, uh, you know, I just want to say to you that, uh, yesterday the CBC put out a memo to their staff, uh, Heather Conway is running things now. Um, by all accounts, she's taking this really seriously and trying to do this the right way, trying to, uh, account for this. And recover the right way, and I hope they do in, in in their corporation and in their journalism. I hope they do, um, and I, and I think that you know, good luck. They they need to be producing some of these answers. Yeah. But anyhow, she did something that I think was the right thing to do because it's understood in that building. Even though you're journalists and you're media people, you don't talk to the press about the CBC. That's understood. But she put out in an email to all the staff, you are not restrained from speaking to the media. Oh. She, she took them off she the leash. She lifted the omerta. She okay, lifted good. the omerta. Yeah. And I immediately put out a word, first to all CBC producers, <laughs> and then specifically to people who worked on Q, past and present, who is going to come on the show and talk to me. And you're the only one. You're the only one who came forward. Well, I, again, like I, uh, I, I, you know, I love my friend.
Yeah. You know, and I just, I'm not going to leave her out there twisting in the wind. And her story is still being disparaged by, by her union. It's being questioned well, and challenged. Well, that's why, that's yeah. why then, then when the time comes, I'll go on record and I'll, uh, yeah. you know, I'll back it up because I witnessed it and it hurt her. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to do something about it. Thank you, Roberto. My pleasure. All right. So the story behind the story, a little bit of it. Anyhow, why now? Why did this all come out when it did? Why did the CBC fire him now and not back in June when Kevin Donovan and I confronted Gameshi and his lawyers with these accusations? And by his account, he went to the CBC and shared that information with them. Why didn't they fire him then? Well, I think I know the answer. What I want you to do right now is imagine for a moment that you're Gian Gameshi and you've just gotten an accusatory email from Kevin Donovan at the Toronto Star, lead investigative reporter, and this freelance writer, Jesse Brown. And the letter tells you that you are facing serious accusations. You deny them. You get your lawyers to deny them and threaten to sue. You tell your employer that people are saying things about you and they should get ready for that. And then you wait. You check the Toronto Star every morning and every morning you're relieved to see the story isn't there. Maybe you hear that the Toronto Star has decided not to run the story. And you think, huh, maybe the story is not coming out. And then you hear this on the Freelance Writers Podcast. I'm once again getting contacted by people uh, who want to share with me some incredible news stories that have been hidden so far. And I'm working on one right now that I, I think it's a monster. It's a huge revelation. It will appear soon as a post at CanadaLandShow.com. And this is a story that is uh, worse than embarrassing for certain parties. And I want to flag that now because I think that what is very likely to happen is that I will be targeted, that my credibility will be called into question, that my journalism will be challenged. Who knows? Now, I expect that when you're saying things about people who have a lot to lose. But there is a new element to this now that I am being paid directly by listeners of this show. What you just heard is from Canada Land number 53, Why I Hate Talking About Israel, which was posted to the internet on Monday, October 20th, 2014. Okay, now, imagining still that you're Jean, hearing that podcast, and thinking that I was about to expose you on the Canada Land website, what would you do? That podcast came out on a Monday, and what Kevin Donovan at the Toronto Star learned and reported, and what I'll read to you right now, is that, quote, when Brown's podcast came out, Gameshi's concern over imminent publication prompted him to ask for a meeting with the CBC late Thursday, October 23rd. At that meeting, according to sources, he presented to the CBC material that they had not seen before. Okay, now he thought that material, reportedly uh, a video of him at a BDSM club, you know, evidence of consensual stuff, plus all of the evidence that he was pretty sure I had, so he had to come clean with it, all these things that he hoped would exonerate him in the eyes of the CBC, that they would stand by him against this podcaster who had clearly signaled that an expose was on the way. But here's the thing. I wasn't talking about Gian on that podcast. I was talking about another CBC personality, Terry Molesky, who Glenn Greenwald says sat on Snowden leaks about spying in Canada for months on end instead of reporting them. That was my monster story. The Jean story had been sitting on ice. The star wouldn't run it because my sources were all anonymous. Vice wouldn't run it for the same reason. It was not imminent. It was not going to drop. Here's why it did. Right after Jian got fired, I heard about it from a source and tweeted the news, and I suggested that I knew why he was fired, which I did, 
Well, he took that as another clear sign for me that I was about to unload everything I had on CanadaLandShow.com, which he thought I had previously promised on the show. And so he posted that Facebook confessional warning his legions of fans about the smear job that was coming from this freelance writer guy and, you know, the jilted ex. And once he did that, once he went public, the star could too. Go and read uh, Editor-in-Chief Michael Cook's letter from the editor about this. Before John's Facebook post, Michael felt that our investigation was unpublishable. I I strongly disagree with that position, by the way. But afterwards, it was a no-brainer. He had to run it. Because John published, we published. If he hadn't, we wouldn't have. That's your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. Email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I will read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at jessebrown, and the website for the show is canadalandshow.com. The crowdfunding site where you can support the show is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Christopher DeMello. We're going to two episodes a week. The next show will be up on Thursday. If you like Canada Land, support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.